Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And welcome, everybody, to this week's exciting episode. In fact, this is a year's exciting episode, because this is our first complete year doing podcasts. Happy anniversary, buddy. Happy anniversary. And for this special occasion, we did reach out once again and get in a special guest. Mm -hmm. You've seen him before, the one, the only, Truman Roswell. How you doing? Hello. How you doing, Truman? You good? Truman Roswell. <laughs> I'm good. Happy Halloween. Thank you very much, my Happy friend. Happy Halloween to you too, buddy. And uh, yeah, so this Halloween was was set up by Big Sugar, man. I, it's, it's all a conspiracy. <laughs> oh, is is that right? There's a major conspiracy theory about them. Damn it, we missed a trick. We could have got him to do an entire oh. podcast on the conspiracy theory of Halloween. Yeah, we'll look into it. Next year. <laughs> yeah, next year we'll look into We'll, we'll look into that. <laughs> but um, no, there is a reason why we had you back uh, this week, uh, well, for this episode, Truman, uh, is because uh, we realised that um, we haven't given you your belt yet. Hmm. Yeah, I expect you're probably wondering where that is, are you? I am, yeah. yeah. Um, I am. I'm wondering where that is. I, I won that fair and square. Ah, uh, did you, though? You see, <laughs> I have it right here. Oh, look how shiny it is. Wow. Isn't that a nice belt? Real gold. It's lovely and gold. Josh, touch it, feel it. Cool. You can feel it. Heavy, isn't it? You can feel the power, the energy. I I think this will actually give you superhuman powers when you you obviously display this and wear it with pride. But first... You can also feel the energy coming through, (laughs) coming through my screen. But I don't like the way, I don't like the way, Pirate, that you, you said that well, uh, you insinuated that uh, that I didn't win that, that fairly. Didn't square. Wear, win it fair and square because when editing it, I realised that there was a caveat in the competition that it was about alien abductions, and as I pointed out, yours wasn't an abduction. <laughs> what What do you mean? It was an encounter, not an abduction. So, to set the slate square, we're going to have a rematch, and because it's Halloween. We're going to do 
spooky stories, hauntings. I know it's not your area of expertise, your, your conspiracy theory, but in, in the spirit of Halloween, how do you feel about that? Um, I feel good about that. I feel like I can defend my title that I won fairly and squarely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll put the belt out of sight so it doesn't tease you for the entire episode. <laughs> and, uh, well, okay, who wants to go first this time? You know what? I'll go first. You're going to go first? Yeah. Okay. I think I'm going to give Truman a run for his money. I think this. we're all going to be trying to give Truman a run for his money this time, I think. <laughs> so I'm going to kick things off with the Gettysburg hauntings. Yeah? I don't know if you know much about Gettysburg. It's the American Civil War. So I'm going to take you back. Dive into it, Josh. So I'm going to take you right back to 1863 and Gettysburg in Pennsylvania in the United States is known throughout the world as one of the largest, most ex expensive and deadliest battles of the American Civil War. With over 50,000 estimated casualties, the famous Battle of Gettysburg is widely believed to mark the turning point of the war. So the Battle of Gettysburg was over 130 years ago, and it lasted three days from July 1st to July 3rd. Okay. It was quite the battle. I would imagine it was, yeah. And um, they say that, just like Jay-Z says, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, talking, <laughs> talking about New York, they say that if you're going to see a ghost, you're going to see it in Gettysburg. Oh, very haunted. So there's been numerous reports of ghosts, phantom horsemen, 18th century faces, shadows, and soldiers, even with photos and videos that have been recovered by tourists showing these mysterious souls. Some say the reenactment of the battle, which happens every single year, on the grounds of Gettysburg, has disturbed the spirits, which is why to this day we can still see and hear the lost souls of Gettysburg. Ah. Now, the earliest ghost story of Gettysburg is that the soldiers during the battle in 1863 were led to victory by the spirit of George Washington, <laughs> who, had, who had died in 1799 of a throat infection. Okay. And I actually didn't know George Washington died of a throat infection. No, I didn't. Supposedly, he led the battle there. Now, I've got a collection of a couple of little short stories of Gettysburg. Okay. If yeah. that makes sense, because... People's first-hand like, uh, experiences there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Gettysburg is for a scale it is acres and acres of of land yeah so, it's not like fifty thousand acres or something oh like it's that. ridiculous it is bigger than that probably yeah. it's absolutely huge so it's not just one little area that's haunted it's acres and acres right. so supposedly the most haunted area of gettysburg is the orphanage which was a makeshift hospital for the wounded and dying soldiers yeah. Back in the day. That makes sense. And the orphanage headmistress, Rosa J. Carmichael, was also said to have chained and tortured naughty children in the same cellar that the residents and the soldiers uh, were, were dying in. And 
even the residents there say that it was like a makeshift dungeon. Oh. And what's interesting about this little story is <laughs> it's haunted by the soldiers that were dying as well as the orphans that were tortured and died as well as the headmistress who was in the cellar that died. So there's oh, wow. three supposedly ghosts in the in the cellar of the orphanage. So triple whammy on that one. Yeah. And I've just got a couple of little ones to go through. That's the best one. The second one is Jenny Wade's house. She was the only civilian killed during the Civil War with a stray bullet in the heart when she was standing in her own kitchen doing the washing up. No. Which is pretty crazy. <laughs> That's some bad luck. That's some Jeez. very bad luck, isn't it? And uh, another little tidbit of information here is the Gettysburg Sack Bridge. It's spelled S-A-C-H, but I think it's pronounced Sack. <laughs> so this bridge was used by both sides of the American Civil War. It was used quite a lot. So backward and forward, backward and forward. And there was rumors of traitors amongst each side and if you got discovered as a traitor they would hang you from that said bridge and some say on certain nights you can still smell cigar smoke and cigarette smoke from a certain ghost called his nickname was tennessee and he used to love cigars and cigarettes and he was hung from the bridge so that's all the stories i got for you for gettysburg but I have got a couple of little uh, bits of evidence for you. Okay. Oh, we like evidence. So in, we, we yeah. do like evidence. So the first bit of evidence goes back to 2013, which is the earliest actual like kind of video I could find. Right. And it's two men driving down a road on, amongst the battlefield, and there's loads of like old cannons and uh, old kind of war memorabilia memorabilia yeah, yeah. and they start slowing down and they just start panning across the battlefield and they see what can what looks like a kind of smoky white apparition of a soldier come out of the darkness and stand behind one of the cannons and then just walk backwards and go back into the darkness okay so that's one video that you, you does, can see does that this. one look like a genuine one to you to be honest I'm on the fence about that one. Yeah. It, it's the kind of video that you can look at and go, ah, oh, it could possibly be edited. Right. Because it, it's very clear. Okay. Whereas compared to the other video, which was 2021, which oh, is... A bit newer, yeah. A bit newer. The technology's a little bit better. So you'd think <laughs> this video, for some reason, is a little bit more grainy. Right. But it's two tourists, and they're just, same again, they're kind of filming the battlegrounds and just having a look around. While they're on a holiday or whatever. Yeah, yeah. having a good old touristy time. And you can see there's like a, almost like a woods, or a kind of opening. A of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that is, yes. <laughs> it's like an opening of trees. And um, these... White apparitions, again, of soldiers, but they're, they're a bit more translucent. They're not as white, if that makes sense. Okay. They're a bit more smoky. Yeah. They're kind of uh, caught in a sequence. So they're coming out of the woods, stepping over like a rock, and it's almost like they're doing like a semicircle and then disappearing. And then 
I think it happens maybe three or four times where it's different soldiers, almost as if they're coming out of the woods. Kind of like they're marching on parade or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, and it's that one's more believable to me <clears throat> okay. than the other one. Um, but you can see both of these videos on YouTube, on YouTube and other social media, TikTok, Instagram, things like that. And I'll just finish with the residents of Gettysburg. They're the ones that claim that it is folklore, it is completely haunted, the most haunted place. Right. Covering that it up. has been re- covering it up. Yeah. And there's been reports of people going there, tourists, and saying, I didn't see anything, I didn't hear anything. Right. But the residents, they really do believe that this place is haunted. Some of them have reported hearing drums and flutes from the like the marching yeah, yeah, bands yeah. and things. And the the creepiest one from the residents was, as I said, every year they do the reenactment of the battle. Yeah. And amongst the chaos of this reenactment and, you know, fake guns going off and things, some of them have seen, um, like, not apparitions, but they've seen, like, a, a full person. It's almost like they are there. But they've got like twiddly moustaches, and the uniform's a little bit different, as if it's more authentic. Oh, okay. Mm. And there's a there's a famous uh, <laughs> there's a famous story of one guy who was loading his fake gun, and he's looking for this these bullets, and a, a moustached man gives him these bullets, and he looks down and says, "These aren't the fake ones; these are real ones." And he looks up. <laughs> And the man's gone, and he's disappeared. No yeah. <laughs> so that is all I've got on Gettysburg. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I mean, there are yeah. some quite compelling stories there, and some some accounts. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely like the, the twenty twenty one one with the yeah the ghost marching the parade. Marching. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you can see these videos on YouTube. I will so. probably find a clip and. Pop it on the on the video version of the podcast. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to go watching those. Um, I, I feel like we're not going to be able to beat you on sheer mass of ghosts. No, <laughs> no. I think quantity. Josh has definitely got this one. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's definitely going to factor into the score. It is, but the only thing I've let myself down on is there's nothing really that that spooky. You know, it's not really that scary. If if tourists, uh... they had twiddly moustaches. <laughs> I don't know. That's a ghost true. offering you real bullets is kind of. Scary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's very true. true. I yeah. mean, yeah, that that is good. Um, where where are you sitting on this, Truman? Go on. Um, I I, hmm, it's 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 a lot to take in. There's 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 orphan ghosts. There's soldier ghosts. There's were the, were the bullets physical bullets or were they ghost bullets? The, the, the implications of ghost bullets? Do they kill ghosts? Do they kill humans? There's, there's a lot to take in. There, there is, is a lot, lot of information in. there. I, yeah, I almost forgot about the orphans as well. And was it the headmistress of the orphanage yeah. also died in the cellar? Yes. Yeah, what, did she, she commit suicide? Or I couldn't find out. She, know, I, I think but... it might have been possibly a disease. Oh, uh, okay. Because, obviously, it was a makeshift hospital and orphanage. It was all in one. So, yeah, yeah. Well, a hospitals are pretty creepy anyway, aren't they? Particularly old haunted ones. Yeah. So, I, I'm going to go... I'm not going to go too high. 
Because um, like you say, some of these videos, they, they can be easily faked. Mm, that's it's, the trouble. It's more the accounts of the people that live there and their yeah. experiences. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out with an 8.9. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. So I thought you were going to go lower, so that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Truman? See, um, I, I'm going to err on this side of not believing the, the, uh, the locals. Um, they're clearly covering it up because they want, they, you know, they need people to come to the town. They don't want to scare people away with ghosts and things. So they're obviously going to be in. Oh, right. You think town. it's just a tourist opportunity? Yeah. Mm. Uh, no, no, no. I'm saying the opposite. The, the, tour, the, uh, the locals don't want to scare people away. So they're going to cover up the ghosts. So even if they oh, see, I see. It, okay. they're, they're not going to report mm. it. They're going to cover it up. So I'm going to factor that into the score as well with how many ghosts there were. And ghost bullets as well is a scary, scary thing. So that's adding into my score. Um, I'm also going to go with a high 8, maybe 8.5. 8.5, not an 8.525. <laughs> no, oh, no. Are we doing, we're not doing decimals? <laughs> yeah, we can do decimals. <laughs> okay, sorry. What, 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 did you, what did you give, Parrot? I, I was 8.9. You just said 8.5. Do you want to amend that? or you have... No, no. I was just checking that we are doing decimals. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> 8.5. 8.5. Okay. So that would put us, you would, that would put our average at 8.7 for yours. Okay. Josh. I'm happy with that. I'll write that down. Yeah. I was going to say, make a note of it this time because we got really confused last time, didn't we? Yeah. 8.7. <laughs> I'm coming for that belt. Right. Um, now, uh, Truman, do you want the headliner slot again? Do you want to go last again? Or? Uh, usually, usually, as you know, the champion goes on last. Um, but, Fair enough. Um, then I, I shall take the uh, no, no, it's fine. as the runner-up. See, I'm, I'm very dyslexic, and I kind of want to get this out of the way because I've got a lot of reading ahead of me. So um, I, I'm putting your editing skills to the challenge. Um, so I'll get this out of the way, and then and then we can <laughs> we can main event on pirate. Oh, okay. Fair okay. Enough, okay. He's pushing that challenge to Pirates, a main event. <laughs> got, to, got to put over the younger talent. Um, okay, <laughs> so should I start? Yeah, um, you go my, for it. My story is the 1988 San Pedro Haunting. Ooh, we've heard of this one. That's a good one. It is a good one. Um, I've made an abridged version because there is a lot to it. Um, there is, And yeah. hopefully I'm not missing out too many. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. too many spooky elements um so yeah i'll get into it um so 1988 san pedro california jackie hernandez is a mother of a two-year-old son and expecting a second 
She's left her husband and the father of her children due to repeated domestic incidents and is looking for a new home and a fresh start for both her and her children. She thought that uh, she'd found that in a cozy new home in San Pedro. Now, Jackie had always dreaded living alone, especially she had the fear of potential home intruders. However, her fear was strangely vanished upon moving to her new home. Initially, she felt a presence, but it was something inexplicably friendly and oddly comforting. One night, as Jackie was enjoying a night with her friends to celebrate her new job, her new home, and a brand new positive chapter in her life, everything would abruptly change for the worse. Jackie and her friends bore witness to a chilling event. A cup full of pens slid across the table, levitated, and then violently launched itself towards Jackie's face. It fell just short of the target and landed on the floor, shattering upon impact. Confusion and fear gripped both the group of women. In February 1989, things had taken a darker turn. One night, Jackie went to check on her children in bed, and there, sitting beside the youngest child on the bottom bunk, was a vivid, seemingly solid, ghastly figure. A man in a red flannel shirt and blue jeans. His skin was a sickly gray, and he was soaked through with mold and visceral bodily fluids. His eyes were bloodshot and red, with a fixated glare aimed at her with pure anger. He then vanished, leaving Jackie in shock. At this point, skepticism may arise. Jackie had been through a lot of trauma and change, and minds like to play tricks on those who are stressed. But Jackie, uh, but remember, sorry, Jackie's friends also were witnesses to the haunting and soon her neighbors and anybody who visited the house would be too. Darlene, Jackie's babysitter, quit immediately after she heard an eerie voice warning her, don't come back here. Susan Castanella, Jackie's neighbor, initially doubted Jackie's claims. However, the manifestation soon proved real. Susan began experiencing her phenomena in her own home. First knocks and bumps, and then objects moving and being thrown during a night. Um, one night there was a thunderstorm. Susan was woken up by the foul smell of ammonia and rotting flesh. As she opened her eyes and gazed consciousness, she, was she also witnessed the very same malevolent figure looming over her in bed. The one with the red flannel shirt, blue jeans, and peering at her angrily with red bloodshot eyes. About this time, mysterious yellow liquid began dripping from Jackie's walls, matching the odor and decay of the apparition. Jackie cleaned up the mess, but tried not to dwell on it as it, she didn't want to give the spirit the satisfaction. Then one night, while Jackie was standing on a chair, hanging a painting, she noticed something in her peripheral vision. When she turned around to see where it was, she was met with a disembodied floating head midair on the other side of the hallway. It began to move her towards her slowly at first, but then hurtled towards her suddenly, nearly hitting her and causing her to fall. 
this was the first time Jackie understood that this entity could cause her serious injury or worse. Jackie's friends convinced her to call a paranormal investigation team that they'd seen on TV. The team consisted of a famous psychologist, Barry Taft, an award-winning cameraman, Gary Conrad, and a photography expert, Jeff Wheatcraft, a skeptic who, it, who in, sorry, a skeptic who specialized in debunking photographic evidence. He would act as a control in the study in order to keep things scientific and subjective. Upon entering the house, the team felt an immense pressure and commented that they had a feeling of being completely submerged underwater. They also commented on the foul stench that Jackie and Susan had experienced, which now lingered permanently in every room. Jeff, the skeptical photographer of all people, was the first to experience a direct encounter when his camera was violently yanked from his hand in the attic. Barry Conrad, the videographer, had his camera repeatedly shut off every time he tried to enter the attic and was pushed by an unforeseen, sorry, an unseen force. The paranormal team gathered their data and planned to return weeks later. On August 28th, 1989, they returned and documented the aforementioned strange yellow liquid that was seeping through the walls. They sent samples of the liquid to a forensics lab to be analyzed. When the results finally came back, they were conclusive. Human blood plasma of an adult male. That very night, sorry. <laughs> wow. I know, it's nuts, isn't it? <laughs> um, the very next night, Jackie was home alone. Things escalated to a terrifying level. The entity threw knives and heavy objects at her, levitated her kids' toys, and was even able to rip and destroy them before her very eyes. Jackie left a frantic voicemail to, to Barry, recording the chaos issuing in the background before her voice was abruptly cut off mid-scream. The crew rushed back to the house and that very night, only to be left with a calm aftermath and hearing whispers and banging from the attic. Jeff and Barry ventured back into the attic again. They readied their equipment and, uh, sorry, as they readied their equipment, Jeff was lifted off his feet by the neck towards his support beam. Barry managed to snap a few photos before helping Barry down. He had been throttled and lifted off the floor by some kind of a cable. It was tied so tightly and elegantly that it would even make a sailor jealous. The documented knot and cable was, uh, sorry, was documented with a photo. All of these photos and evidence are widely available and you can find them with a quick Google search even today. October, 1989, Jackie, wanting to get as far away from the horror of San Pedro house as she possibly could, moved 300 miles away to a small trailer house in Weldon, California. But the story didn't end there. One night, she heard a knock outside. A familiar fear washed over her. She was reminded of her old home in San Pedro. She went to the front door to investigate, telling herself that it must be animals. However, while looking out the front door, she was alerted back to her living room by the distinct smell of burning. She turned around to see that the cushion of the, on the sofa next to her daughter was smoldering. 
She quickly put out the fire, but upon inspection noticed that the burn marks resembled the posterior imprint of a seated man. She extinguished the flames and documented the scorch marks with a photograph and got back in touch with Mr. Taft and the team. The investigators organized a visit to Jackie's new home to attempt to communicate with the entity. They chose the date of Friday the 13th, that which that year was a full moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, oh. right. <laughs> I, I don't know if you want to factor that into your believability score. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can check if it actually was in in 1989. Friday the 13th was a full moon. We can check. <laughs> um, uh, the crew this time bought a Ouija board. At first, nothing happened, and they sat in silence, only documenting a sudden icy chill and a few flickers of candles as if someone or something had ran past them. But soon the table began to shake, and the planchette on the Ouija board began to move so quickly that they struggled to keep up with writing down the, en the entity's otherworldly messages. By putting the words together, they were, they were able to unravel the biography of a man who had been murdered and held underwater in 1930 in San Francisco Bay. They asked the spirit why it singled out Jeff in both attacks and why it strangled him. The spirit replied, you have the likeness of my killer. Immediately after that, Jeff was picked up and thrown against the wall. He was knocked unconscious and sustained injuries in his back that would plague him for the rest of his life. The crew went on to research uh, any documented murders in San Francisco, sorry, San Francisco Bay in 1930, only to find a story of a body that had washed upon the shore that year. The police believed that this had been the victim of foul play, but lack of evidence meant that the death was ultimately ruled as accidental. The body was said to have been heavily decayed and waterlogged and wearing a, flannel, a red flannel shirt and blue jeans. He was identified as Herman Hendrickson, a sailor and a, of a lumber ship who had, been, had a reputation with his fellow seamen of, of being quick to rage, quick to violence, and had a keen ability to tie sailors' knots. Once again, the story doesn't end there, but we are almost there, don't worry. Uh, in 19, <laughs> June 1990, uh, Jackie was able to move again. Uh, sorry, was able to move house again, not physically move. Um, this, uh, this time to sat back to San Pedro, uh, but in a small block apartment on the other side of town. She had the house blessed by a local priest uh, before setting foot in the, in the house. Um, just in case the apparition had followed her again. But the phenomena and the paranormal investigation would continue. This new apartment had gas central heating, which would often and inexplicably be turned on. Knives would fly from their place, windows would be broken, and furniture would be knocked upside down. The investigation team left an empty piece of paper and a pen by the stove to, in hopes of communicating with the spirit. Though within five minutes, the stove had been turned on and the paper had been placed in the fire. What strikes me about, about this story is that it doesn't have a big climax. For Jackie and the kids, the activity just became more and more tame. And then one day, they were left with just the memories of their horrible experience and the fear that someday it might return. 
the end. Wow. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm impressed. That is a very well-presented story, Truman. Well done. Thank you. I mean, where do you start with that? (laughs) The... 1988, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) That was actually quite spooky. Yeah. When you said that about the the way he looked at her with bloodshot eyes and anger, I actually got goosebumps because I thought that was quite terrifying, to be fair. For me, it was the blood plasma streaming down yeah. the wall. And they actually tested that, that as yeah, well. Yeah, so that is a physical manifestation, scientifically yeah. tested. Yep. To find that it's putrefied blood plasma, and they they even done their their Ouija board, found out about the murder, and actually put like a name to what yeah, a face find the to identification the name. of the, of the said ghost. Yeah. Oh man, there's a lot of spookiness and actual facts in this. Yeah, undeniable facts too. You've had you've even got that you said at the start as well. One of the guys was there to try and use the science. He was kind of trying to debunk it in a way. Yeah. Oh, mate. He had a skeptic. You know I do what? have, um, I do have some inconsistencies in there that I noticed when I was doing my research. But I'll leave that until after your scores. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. Okay. All right. I'm gonna give it. Oh man, this is gonna be quite high for me. I quite like that. And because I got goosebumps, that's an extra factor. <laughs> Friday 13th. Yeah. Known to be spooky. Uh, I'm going to go straight in with a 9.4. 9.4? Actually, because Truman done it to me last show, a 9.4, 9. 9.425. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, I was, I was going to go even higher. I was going to give it that 9.6. Oh, to be honest. Okay. Um, if you take off some of your decimal points, that would uh, that would give us an average of nine point five. Which uh, wow. Okay, I, I won't mean, be winning the that bill. That is going to be tough to beat, even for me and my story. Um, cool. He's winning, <laughs> taking the lead. And my story is of a. I guess you could call it haunting, but it is. Uh, a haunting on steroids. Oh. So I'm going to take you back to the 1940s for this one. Oh, take us back. Uh, In Cottage City, Maryland, 1949, uh, a young boy, uh, and and depending on where you research this, you might find that his name is Roland Doe, or you might find his name is Bobby Mannheim. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going with the name Bobby Mannheim just because I like Bobby. Um, but he, uh, well, his aunt died unexpectedly. He was very close to her. Her name was Harriet, and she was uh, a medium, if you get, I guess, if you like. Mm-hmm. And she had, when she was spending time with Bobby, she taught him to use a Ouija board, and together they would contact the realms of the dead. But she would always teach him how to do it safely, and they would never have any repercussions afterwards, until she died. In 1949, she died. 
Robbie was distraught. And he tried to contact her using the very same Ouija board that she had taught him to use. It's unconfirmed whether he actually managed to make contact with his Auntie Harriet. But he definitely reached something. Because something didn't go away. It stuck around. Over the next few weeks, uh, him himself and his family experienced disembodied footsteps around the house. Voices would be heard. Uh, scratching noises in the walls and floors. Furniture would move, some of it levitated. Uh, pipes would just randomly spring leaks. And particularly... Bobby's bed and mattress would move and shake even when he was in it. Oh, that's not good. Now, we know of these, this account, these accounts because uh, an anonymous report or stream of reports was printed in the news, local newspaper. The person who made these reports was later identified as Reverend Luther Miles Schultz. Yeah? And as it happens, a famous author called William Peter Blatty recalled reading these newspapers and later based his book, The Exorcist, on these events. Ah. I thought the shaking bed sounded familiar. Okay, yeah, but obviously this is a little boy rather than a little girl. But uh, again, identity is actually concealed. This is a pseudonym, so... Gotcha. Bobby started to change as well. Normally, he was like a quiet, well-behaved lad. He made friends easily and that sort of thing. But he went from this quiet, demure boy to a very loud, angry, erratic and aggressive for no reason. He would just be aggressive to his family, to anybody that visited. Uh, marks and scratches started appearing all over his body. Um, so his family took him to see doctors and psychiatrists, but no one could actually find that there was a problem with him. Mm. So, Reverend Schulz offered to stay with and observe Robbie overnight. And he experienced a lot of poltergeist activity, objects being thrown around the bedroom. He witnessed the bed shaking and rattling. Um, and he suggested that they prepare for an exorcism. Oh, no. Well, you, we already knew this was going that way, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> so he called in uh, Father Edward Hughes, who uh, studied Robbie and declared that, yes, he was definitely possessed, and he moved him to Georgetown University Hospital, where for three nights he practised exorcism on Robbie. And for three nights, uh, it, the... Uh, uh, what do I want to say? The, 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 the paranormal experiences just escalated uh, to a point where on the final night, Robbie actually broke free from his restraints, snapped a bed spring out of the mattress and stabbed the priest in the arm, slashing it open, blood everywhere. 
And at that point, the priest gave up, sent Robbie home. Even though Robbie wasn't cured. That was exorcism number one. Mm. Now, scratches were frequently appearing on his body. He claimed that it wasn't him, but they would appear. And one of which scratches on his arm apparently took the shape to spell out the word Louis. <laughs> okay. His family, because his mum was originally from St. Louis, she thought that this was a sign that the spirit or whatever malevolent being was harassing them wanted them to move to St. Louis. So that's what they did. She went back to her hometown. But it didn't get any better. It didn't fix things. In fact, it just got even worse. Uh, so they again, they called in the Catholic Church. At this time, Father Raymond Bishop and Reverend William Bowden uh, came round, and they reported seeing furniture flying, the bed shaking, and Bobby's voice, when he spoke, turned very guttural and very bassy and just horrible. Uh, so they called in... Uh, he's on the first page uh, Father Walter Halloran to assist them with yet another exorcism Robbie was taken to the Alexian Brothers Hospital for exorcism number two for several weeks the priests performed the exorcism rituals every night scratches carried on on his body and spelled out other words like evil and hell. He developed super strength and even broke the nose of Father Halloran. For more than 30 nights, they practiced the rituals and they got to their wits end. And to actually bring this to a head, do you know what they did? They baptised him. Oh, I thought you were going to say they killed him. <laughs> no. They, well, a lot of exorcisms do end with people mm. dying just from sheer torture. But no, these they baptised him. And it actually seemed to work. As mm. soon as they performed the baptism, Bobby started acting as though he was Archangel Michael. And he commanded Satan to leave this boy at once. He said... I am now Michael. Satan, leave this boy at once. And then apparently, Bobby pretty much returned to normal and he lived a long and happy life. And I think he might even still be alive today. Wow. So he actually, as the boy, mm -hmm. said, I am now Michael. Yeah. So he'd Ooh. kind of been unpossessed by the devil and possessed by the archangel of Michael if you yeah, know what I mean yeah. trading one evil for another I guess or one evil for good I suppose oh, the old good battle of heaven and hell isn't it yeah sure but that is my my tale so what do you guys reckon now well. now actually as Truman didn't point out his, his discrepancies but I will say that all of this story throughout everybody involved there are only two of the priests that have gone on record 
to say that they believe Bobby was 100% possessed. Okay. No one else will actually officially go on record stating that. And we, we only know of these accounts because of Father Halloran's journal that he kept for the month that he was exercising Bobby and uh, Schulz's, uh newspaper clippings. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow, what a story. Now, I'm just going to start off by saying... I was petrified of the Exorcist movie when I was younger. Were you? Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna give it a little bit of a high score just because it gives me Because the P- power of Christ compels you. <laughs> yeah, it gives, <laughs> gives me PTSD of remembering. Um man. I actually didn't know the uh the, the proper story of the Exorcist kind of thing. No? I just thought it was a, a made up film. Oh, uh, it looks like Truman's video's frozen. Oh, but no, we can still hear gone. you, Truman. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah we can still hear you. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. They're <laughs> <laughs> trying to censor me, man. <laughs> I reckon I'm going to give it... I'm, I'm going to give it a straight nine, man. Straight nine? Yeah. Oh, I'm still a little bit short there. <laughs> well, it was it was a little bit spooky and everything. Yeah, I, I I think you've done a great job there. It was both. I'm glad I went first because both of your stories was much spookier <laughs> than my little soldier ghosts that hand out little ghost bullets. You guys absolutely nailed it. Um, but Truman's details with the bloodshot and everything just takes that slight edge for me. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to give you a nine, which is still a okay, good score. That's fair enough. It, to be honest, in my opinion, I mean, no, I'll let Truman take, give me his score first. <laughs> See, I, I think both the delivery and the story itself are both really good and really spooky. Um, there's a lot of like good details in there. Well, but... I am at this point a professional podcaster, so thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to judge it against Josh's. Josh had had uh, had, had ghost bullets and twiddly mustaches and stuff, but he didn't have two souls within a boy fighting each other for that boy's soul. <laughs> that was that mm. was metal. Um, so, I don't know. I'm going to give that... Yeah, I'm also going to give that... A, uh, no, I'll give that a 9.2. 9.2. Ah, oh, still short. 9.1 on the average. 9.1 Wait, the P-Man. Did we miss the opportunity to give it 6. Point... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you could have probably downvoted me there. <laughs> should have given you a 6.66. 6.66, yeah. Oh, well, Truman's frozen again. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's, I think he's As soon gone. as he mentioned 666, he went. Now, if that's not spooky Halloween, I don't know what is. Well, we'll get him back. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just pause this. And I'll try and ring him. Is he still Hey, there he is. Now this will show the power of my editing. Yes, yes. Did you see all the lights were flickering and everything? It was as soon as you mentioned 666. Oh, this is a crazy spooky episode. It is, yeah. We shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't have done this. 
Well, we had to. We had to. You know, I mean, it, we are Paranormality UK. It is Halloween. We just had to tempt fate, really. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, thank you for that, Truman. Well, I guess that means that this belt is well and truly a yours. Winner. Look at it. Champion. Look at that. Look at the, the work, the craftsmanship, the prestige. That is well earned, my friend. Well Thank earned. you very much. Very Thank well you. earned. Yes. Thank you. That, that was one of, possibly one of the creepiest, scariest, best stories I've ever heard. And uh, I will make sure that this is delivered to you this time. And I'll also, for being such a good sport, I'll hand you out a free T-shirt. What a free paranormality! T- where, where could I purchase those if you didn't give me one? Uh, you could uh, purchase that at paranormality-uk.myspreadshop.co.uk. I'm impressed you remembered Amazing. that. I might get another one. Yeah. Well, there are three designs, and I'm only giving you one. So okay, I mean, yeah, you can you... <laughs> get the whole collection. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, thank you very much, Truman, for coming back and delivering your incredible story. Mm, no problem, anytime. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. No, same. A really well deserved win for the championship, and I hope that you will proudly display our belt and our T-shirt wherever you go. Any events that you're uh, promoting, I absolutely will. If you can give us a little. Uh... <laughs> That's brilliant. Of course, thank I you very will. Much, absolutely. Yeah, it's been a spooky, spooky blast. I'm glad to have done it. I've heard some spooky stories. I'm also not going to sleep for another week. Mm -hmm. And yeah, thank you very much. No worries. Thank Thank you for coming. Thank you very much for appearing on the show, buddy. Are there any uh, shows that you've got coming up after, you know, Halloween this year that you want to promote quickly? Um, No, because all of my shows that I am booked in are going to be before the show. I have some spooky Halloween shows that I'm just speaking on. I'm injured at the moment, so I can't wrestle but I will, I will let you know. And okay. Josh will also be there at Pro Wrestling East on the 27th. When is it? Thir- uh, 30th? Is it 30th? 30th, 30th yeah. in Cambridge. That's the yes, one. that's the one. I'll be there cheering you so on. So that was yesterday. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we missed it. <laughs> the power of editing, the though. The power of time travel. <laughs> it's with us as well. <laughs> oh, no, I've messed it up. I can't believe it. <laughs> I, I knew I'd mess up today. <laughs> nah, you're all right. Um, anyway, uh, if if you've had a spooky encounter at home, write in paranormality.uk at gmail.com. Uh, you can always comment on the video, tell Truman how much you like him, or if you think you've got a spookier story than Truman, you could challenge him to a duel as well. Make sure you've got a belt to give him, though, because he's not happy when he doesn't get his belt. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, always join our Discord. Come there if you want any news before it actually gets to the podcast. We put it on Discord, like the merch, stuff like that. So, and, um, yeah, until next time... Have a happy Halloween. I've been Pirate. I'm Josh. I'm Truman Roswell. This has been Paranormality UK. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.